Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Who are the best players in each category for fantasy basketball? Today, we're going to be talking about the top players to draft in fantasy hoops. Let's go! Talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are going through, and I'm giving you all a little bit of a sneak pre, a sneak preview, I should say, into my projections for the best players or the top players in fantasy basketball. And we're going to be going through each of the categories for standard nine category leagues and giving you guys my top five for each category in which uh, players I think are going to be the best in those categories. So if you want to be competitive and be on the top of your leagues with in those particular categories, these are the players that you are going to want to target. Now, a lot of these guys are going early, but some of them are going a little bit later in draft. So you'll be able to see which categories maybe you need to target as you know the early ones. And maybe if you don't get these guys, you might look to punt it. But there are some guys who are going later in drafts that can be still at the very best of all of fantasy basketball in particular categories. So we are going to get stuck straight into it. Again, if you want to get a full comprehensive list of all of my projections, which all of these rankings and uh, things are from, head over to ballboysmba.com and you will be able to see all of my projections for the top 250 players for fantasy basketball this season. If you join up for... Uh, with the Platinum membership. So you'll be able to see, I'll give you the top five point scorers. You'll be able to see the top 250 point scorers in the NBA this season if you go over and sign up for ballboysnba.com. So go and check that one out, guys. It is uh, something I think will really help you if you have a fantasy basketball draft coming up. But let's get stuck into it. Let's talk about the first category, points. We all want players who are going to score a lot of points. These are the best players in fantasy basketball. And no surprises all of them are going the first round. <laughs> All of these players are first round guys. So chances are you're not going to have much opportunity to stack on many of these players. But let's go through them. Number one, I've got Joel Embiid. He was the top scorer for last season. I don't see too much changing. Number two, Luka Doncic. He was the second player in scoring last season. Not much changing. However, I do have his points per game just falling back a tiny bit as he plays a little bit more with Kyrie Irving. But still good enough for number two. 
Number three, this is where things get different compared to last season. Number three last year was Damian Lillard. Um, as you can see, if you're watching over on YouTube, he is not on the list here today. But at number three, I have Shea Gilgis Alexander, who moves up from one spot. So he was number um, four last season in points per game. He is now, in my projections, number three. But weirdly enough, he's moving up to number three, but I have him actually projected at fewer points than what he did last season. So... Overall, I think there's going to be the top-level scorers. I think maybe outside of Joel Embiid, everyone's going to be scoring just a little bit less this season, or at least that's how I've projected it out. Number four, I've got Jason Tatum again. I've got him scoring now a shade under 30 points per game, which he averaged 30.1 this season. So he moves up. Um, What was he last year? Number six overall in points per game. He moves up to number four, but again, does so by scoring fewer points than last year. And at number five, I've got Steph Curry. Now, Steph Curry is actually one of the players that I have moving up slightly. So he and Jason Tatum are very close in that four and five spot, leapfrogging the player who was at number five last year in Giannis and Tenetokounmpo. So the two Milwaukee Bucks players who were in the top five in scoring last year, I have them now falling out of the top five. If I go into my projections here, they still are... If I just double check, so the next guy I would have uh, ranked there would have been Giannis, and then Lillard is a few spots later. So both of them still in the top top ten for scoring, but not quite in the top five. So those are kind of the differences from last year. I have Lillard and Giannis falling out, Tatum and Steph Curry moving on into the top five scorers in the NBA. Let me know if you have any differences of opinion, or if you still think some of those Bucks guys are going to be there anyway this season. Let's do the next category. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Three pointers made. Um, number one here, no surprises. It is Steph Curry. He was the number one in threes made last season and has been for several years now. I'm gonna, not going to come out here and be controversial and say someone else. I have his teammate at Clay Thompson. Again, same guy as last season. A lot of these guys actually are pretty similar. Um, Damian Lillard at number three. Again, I have him falling back a little bit in three-pointers made, but again, he still comes out as the third guy. So last year, he was averaging 4.2 threes. I have that now under four per game, just. Um, but he still comes in as number three in terms of three-pointers made. Number four is LaMelo Ball. Now, last year, he was chucking up threes like no tomorrow in his limited games. Again, only played the 36 games for the season. So I don't expect him to do quite four threes per game, but he can definitely get into the high threes per game, in my opinion. And then number five is a new entry in Anthony Simons. So he's the guy that kind of moves his way up. Players like Donovan Mitchell, Buddy Heald, and the uh, the GOAT himself, Lewis King, who had one game where he hit four threes, moved down out of side uh, behind uh, a player like Anthony Simons. So Anthony Simons, to me, just sneaks into that number five spot. There are a few players... That are pretty close, that that sort of bottom, you know, 5 through 10, 12 range is very, very close. Um, but in terms of the differences to last year, I do have Donovan Mitchell conceding a 
you know, just a handful of shots to a player like Evan Mobley. Buddy Heald, his role is going to be different this season. I think he's going to see fewer minutes come off the bench or he's going to get traded. And again, that throws into question a bit of his role. And then Anthony Simons with no Damian Lillard there. He's obviously going to be jacking up shots. A lot of those are three-pointers. So I think he could make his way maybe even higher on this list, but I think comfortably top five when it comes to three-pointers made. Let's talk the next one here, the big boys, the rebounds. Now, these guys here, again, we're going to compare to what we had last season. So at number one, I have DeMontis Sabonis, who was number two last season. The number one guy is still on this list, Anthony Davis, but he averaged 12.5 rebounds per game last season. A massive improvement on the season prior, where I think he was averaging closer to nine rebounds per game. I have him down at number five, as you can see there on the YouTube channel there, if you're watching along. So still top five, but I have him coming down. Just again, they've added players like Christian Wood and still some really annoying talk about him playing power forward and things like that. So I don't feel super confident projecting him to back up that, I believe it was career high in reboundings last season, but still a decent rebounder. Number two is the fantasy goat himself, Nikola Jokic. He was number three last year. Everyone just kind of moves up a little bit here. Giannis Antetokounmpo goes to number three, up from number four. And at number four, I have Stephen Adams, who, if I am correct, one, two, he was number six. So he is the new entrant into this rankings list. The reason I have him moving up into the top five is because I have Rudy Gobert falling down a little bit. More the reason, so Rudy Gobert was at number four last season with 11.6 rebounds per game. I just expect Carlton Towns to be a little bit more healthy this season, and they did not play together a whole bunch last year. There was a big chunk in the middle of the season where it was just Gobert, no Cat. So I think if Cat's healthy for more games, those rebound numbers just tick down a little bit, whereas I see Steven Adams basically doing the exact same as what he did last year, and he averaged 11.5 rebounds. So again, we talked about those players who can score or, or be at the top of those categories. So far, Anthony Simons is probably one you can get a bit later, and Steven Adams on this list is someone that you can probably get very late, but still be one of the best in one of these categories. Uh, I have him projected to be the fourth highest rebounder for the season. Let's talk about assists. Again, we always talk about the scarcity of assists. And as you can see on this list here, a lot of these guys are going in the first and second rounds. So let's talk the number one guy, I think, who's going to average the most amount of assists per game this season is Tyrese Halliburton. He was number two last year behind James Harden, who, if you, again, preview, he's going to be at number three on this list. Number two on my list this year is Trey Young. So he, Tyrese Halliburton, and Trey um, Young, sorry, James Harden, Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton, and Trey Young were the only three players to average more than 10 assists per game last year. I now only have Tyrese Halliburton projected at 10-plus assists per game. I have Trey and Harden both falling down just a little bit. Um, with Harden falling down more than Trey Young. Probably more to do with the uncertainty with James Harden. If he finds himself at the Clippers, I don't think he's going to have as much of an ability to have the ball in his hands as much as he did. You're going to see more playmaking responsibility. And, you know, I mean, I don't even know if he's going to stay in this team, but Russell Westbrook, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, different to pairing with a high-usage big man. uh, Pairing with um, some high-usage wing players who maybe, you know, do a bit more ball handling in that sort of situation. Now, again, that could be totally off. He might not even make the top five here, so I I still think he's a good assist player, but I am not happy to project him in 
you know, replicating what he did last season. So he is at number three for me. I have Jokic there at number four. He was number four last year. Career high, 9.8. Just missed out on that triple-double average. I don't know if he gets quite that high. It was a truly special assist season. Maybe he does. I've got him falling back a shade. And then I've got LaMelo Ball just coming up one spot. He was number six last season. The guy who's falling out of the top five to me is Chris Paul. Again, 38 years old, joining the Warriors. I think a hit to his assists are inevitable. He's been someone who's, you know, maybe more than we realize or more that's been publicized. He's a guy that his assists have been kind of going up and down his last few seasons, depending on which team he's playing on. For example, when he's back at OKC, he averaged like 6.7 assists per game. So he did average uh, 8.9 assists. I think that's going to go closer to seven. So LaMelo Ball to me is the guy that sort of steps into that number five role there for the assist numbers. And then after these guys, there's a little bit of a drop away. So all these players here, I think, are probably a step above the rest of the NBA when it comes to assists. So if you start the draft with one or maybe even two of these guys, you are at a really good point there for assists, which again, we've talked about being a harder category to find later in drafts. Let's talk steals, the defense. Now, of all the categories... This category had the biggest range of players that I could have considered for this top five list. There was a pretty clear delineation in the rest of my rankings of where I cut it off and said, okay, here's five guys. I feel confident with these guys here. With these rankings, I have three players, the top three here at a projection of 1.6. And then at 1.5, I have, how many is that? I've got nine players projected to average 1.5 assists per game. So, look, when you're dealing with small numbers, low-volume categories, there's going to be a bunch of players mushed up together. So I picked out the top five, which the players are, I think, are the most... uh, I feel the most confident in projecting them having the most most amount of steals. But just keep in mind that of this list, I have 14 players... Sorry, I should say... 13 players projected to average 1.5 steals or more. So I've got five here, but there are another eight players on top of this that are very, very close. And even a bunch of other guys that average 1.4, they're all just really, really close. And again, steals are the most wildly fluctuating stat from year to year. But at number one, I have DeJounte Murray. He was someone who led the league in steals, uh, I think, the season prior. So I have him returning to that this season. Last year, he was... Oh, he was right down there. Maybe number... What is that? One... (laughs) 11, so he was at 1.5 steals per game. Again, I don't have him coming up by much, but the season prior, he was over two steals per game. I want to say, again, I don't love projecting players to average two steals per game. I think it is a little bit reckless, but he did average, over the past three seasons, he's averaged two steals, 1.5, 1.5, and 1.7. So all three seasons, he's averaged over 1.5 steals per game. So I feel confident that he's going to be right up there again. Jimmy Butler is another very similar story. Um, If I look, I think from memory, yes, he, oh no, so not quite led the league. He was number fourth in steals per game behind uh, the big Shaq, Shaq Harrison, who again, in five games, averaged 2.2 steals. I don't know if we can count that, but if we eliminate that, he was number three in steals per game at 1.8. I have him up there at number two. OG Ananobi was the leader in steals. If you take away OG, uh, sorry, Shaq Harrison. So he is in there at number three. And at number four, I've got Asar Thompson. So brand new player, obviously. He's a rookie. 
if I got really crazy with his steal numbers and projections and translations from the OTE, he could even be the number one guy here. I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but I grow more and more confident in his minutes every time he plays on the uh, preseason games. I think he's someone that is going to be a menace on the defensive side of the court. So I think he is sort of like a Matisse Thibel level of steals. His steal rate was higher than Matisse Thibel in OTE. So in a player that I feel confident getting minutes, I think he is someone that you can project to get an elite level of steals. And then I've got Freddie Van Vliet, another guy who year in, year out is at the top of the steals per game uh, volume. Maybe concedes a minute or two going over to Houston Rockets, but again, he just has the consistency. The last four seasons, 1.8, 1.7, 1.7, 1.9. So maybe I've even been a little bit, you know, down on him. But again, if you just take a minute off, bring him back down to 1.5, 1.6 steals per game. That's where he lands. So those are my top five in steals there, guys. Um, Next category, we've got the big guys again. We've got the blocks category. Again, a lot has been talked about blocks this season in regards to overinflating value. But if you want to have a competitive team in blocks, you're going to need probably at least one of these players or maybe a couple more that don't quite make the list. But at number one, I do have the guy that I talk shit about a lot. I have Walker Kessler. In my projections, he is the number one ranked player for blocks. Last season, he was fourth, but he was fourth averaging 23 minutes per game. If we see that come up to 27, 28, maybe even 30 minutes per night, I think he comfortably beats or or has the most amount of blocks per game. Number two, I have the league leader last year in Jaron Jackson Jr. Remember, as he got more minutes and more usage, the block rates came down. I have him more close to that two and a half blocks per game instead of three. Um, So he is at number two. Number three is Miles Turner, who is usually a very reliable player to get an elite level of blocks. He's led the league in blocks before. So past few seasons, he's been 2.3, 2.8, 3.4. Easily could see him leading the league in blocks. And then at four and five, I've got the two rookies. At four, I've got Victor Wembenyama. Wemby, the sensation, looks like a freak. Uh, Players are literally afraid to shoot it over him. He's going to block jump shots. He's going to block floaters, everything. So again, any one of those four players, I could easily see leading the league in blocks. Um, Those top four, I feel really confident in. There's maybe a little bit of a gap in my confidence between four and five. And at five, I have Chet Holmgren. Again, elite shot blocker in college. One of the best rim protectors and defensively, like his timing, I should say, his timing and his instincts are probably better than Wemby's. He doesn't quite have the physical freakishness that Wemby has, but still a really impressive wingspan. And I think he's going to be blocking a lot of shots. So a few players that were right up there this past season, I've got falling outside the top five. A few uh, notable names in Claxton. I have dropping out of the top five. He averaged 2.5 blocks last season. Um, I've got him dropping out. I've got Brooke Lopez dropping out, who was the third-ranked player in blocks. I've got him dropping out of the top five. And Anthony Davis is another notable name. I think he was sixth in blocks. He was blocking two shots per game. I have him out of the top five as well. So a couple of movements in the block areas, a few new players entering the league, which I think will shake things up. And we've talked about you know blocks being more readily available this season than previous years. And I think that a couple of these rookies are a big reason as to why. Let's move on to the percentages. Now, this is field goal percentage impact. This is not field goal percentage just as a flat, you know, percentage per game. So, for example, last season, I'm using the Z-score ratings. 
Zion Williams, uh, sorry, Nikola Jokic was number one, although he averaged 63.2 and someone like a Claxton averaged 70.5 because Nikola Jokic averaged more shot attempts per game. His field goal percentage impact was greater. So remember, this is not just their overall field goal percentage number. It takes into account how many shots they take as well, which has an impact formula, which I've applied to this. So number one, I have Nikola Jokic. He was number one last year. So no shock to me and shouldn't be a shock to you. Zion Williamson last year, again, he only played 29 games, but he was number two. I have him number two again. Those two are extremely close, well ahead of pretty much any other player in the league when it comes to field goal percentage. Just leagues ahead of everyone else. Um, So massive, massive um, improvement in that category for these two players. Number three, I have Nicholas Claxton. He was number three last year, or number four, if you want to take into account Louis King's number uh, one game where he averaged 61.5%. But Claxton, he was 70% last year. Don't really see a reason why that should change. I've got Daniel Gafford here, who is a new entrant onto this one. Obviously, last year, he did average... 73.2%. The difference is this year, I think he's going to get more shots. So the weighting of that 70, 71, 72% field goal is going to be up. And then I have Walker Kessler, similar similar thing, a new entrant just based on what I perceive to be an increased volume. So someone, again, 72% field goal percentage guy last season. I think you're going to see, you know, his shots nearly double basically this season. He only averaged... Uh, well, sorry. No, he averaged 5.6 attempts per game last year. I think it's probably going to be closer to maybe seven or eight attempts this season. So again, I think that that's going to be enough to see that rise um, to be higher. So I think those three, Claxton, Gafford, and Kessler, all extremely close when it comes to their impact. Again, it's low volume, but they should all be around that 70, 70 plus percent mark, which is a massive, massive boost to your field goal percentage, even if it is on less than 10 attempts per game. Last one here, or second last one, free throw percentage. This is an interesting one again here. If you listen to my top 25 most interesting, you'll see a couple of familiar names or one really familiar name at number four there. But number one, I've got Trey Young. Uh, Let's bring up last year's number and compare them. So last year, Trey Young was at number four, but he's been a perennial guy up the top of these rankings because of his attempts and his high percentage. So I have him at number one this year. Number two, I have Damian Lillard. Similar story. He is nearly there every single year at either number one or number two. So we can really rely on him shooting a high percentage and getting to the line a lot. At number three, I've got last year's league leader in free throw percentage impact in Shea Gildas-Alexander. Now, he got to the line nearly 11 times a game and shot over 90% from the free throw line, a 10 percentage point increase from last season. So I think that I still have him right at the top here, but I just am discounting him a little bit compared to what he did last season. I don't fully buy the fact that he is a 90% free throw shooter after one season. I think he's more of like that 86, 87% improved. Definitely. That's enough volume for me to say, yeah, you are better, but are you that much better? I still have uh, a little bit of a doubt. And again, that number can fluctuate season to season. So uh, I still have him high, but at number three, not at number one. Number four, this is my guy here. Jade, uh, sorry, Jordan Poole. Again, last season, he was someone who, uh, well down, probably, what's that, maybe like 20th in the league in terms of free throw percentage impact. He did shoot 87% on five attempts per game. The season prior, he was over 90%. So to me, he's like a high 80s guy is sort of where I'm projecting him to be. He's obviously going from a situation where he's playing 
predominantly starting level minutes. So last year he played 30 minutes. I think he's going to play closer to 34 or 35 minutes. He's going to be the unquestioned starting number one usage guy in that team. He's not going to share the ball with Steph and Clay and Andrew Wiggins and all those guys. So I think his free throw attempt rate will be higher and he has the ability to be a 90 plus percent player. And then at number five, I've got Kevin Durant, just perennially a 90 plus percent free throw line guy. Maybe the attempts just drop a little bit with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker there. But again, when you're 90% year in, year out, he is a very safe player to lock in as one of the best free throw percentage boosts to your fantasy team um, without too much downside, in my opinion. And the final rankings, if you want to be the best team when it comes to turnovers, these are your players. Number one, shit bloke himself, Kevin Porter Jr. I guarantee you no turnovers from Kevin Porter Jr. Number two, Montrez Harrell. It's hard to get turnovers when you don't have an ACL. So Montrez Harrell, I think, is going to be a really good player when it comes to limiting your turnovers. Very similar story to Vlako Kancha. Again, no ACL, no turnovers. Number four, Lonzo Ball. Pretty sure he's not going to be turning the ball over from the bench and with his injury in rehab. And Kai Jones, when you're making videos on TikTok and uh, your teams cut you and things like that, very hard to turn the ball over. So if you want to be the best player and best team in turnovers in your league, go and grab these guys. Grab all five of them. They're available very, very late. Um, very good value in turnovers in these players. So go and pick them up, guys, and uh, win that category. Obviously, if you didn't get it, lots of sarcasm there. So uh, turnovers, um, yeah, we're not looking for the players with the best in turnovers. Obviously, I hope that came across. But let me know down below, guys, what are your thoughts on these players in being the highest in the each of the categories? Again, if you want my total projections on all categories for all 250, the top 250 players, head over to ballboysmba.com and grab yourself a platinum membership or if you just wanted my top 150 rankings for points and category leagues, you can also pick up the silver membership and you get access to that fully updated right until the tip-off of the first game of the NBA season. So I'm constantly adjusting, tweaking, small little uh, things during these preseason games and as I get more information across there, guys. So again, that'll do for us today, guys. Tomorrow we've got my top 10 sleepers, top 10 busts coming up later. Uh, live uh, Q&A podcast later this week. Stay tuned for that one and plenty more, guys. I'll see you next time. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.